If you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 2. <laughs> yes, we are going to read part of the Christmas story. <laughs> but I want you to listen like you've never heard it before. I want you to picture yourself as a witness in the moment. I want you to look for something that you've never seen before. This is how I always approach scripture. I want to look for something that I've never seen before and let the wonder of it hit you in a fresh way. Okay? All right, so we're going to start in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. <laughs> okay, so this is the most important and profound announcement in the history of the world. Jesus, as God, was going to be born as a man. This is the greatest miracle ever accomplished. Okay? His, um, his later defeat of death and hell was his greatest victory. But without this moment... It, it's not all that miraculous because he's God. He could defeat those lesser things at any moment. The miracle is that he did it as one of us. Okay? The greatest miracle is how infinite glory can contain itself in limited flesh. How the omni, the omnipresent one can restrain himself to one place. How the eternal one entered into time. How the all-powerful one embraced our weaknesses. How the king of kings submitted himself to earthly authority. And how the all-knowing one subjected himself to the one thing that he could not know. And that is facing our temptations, and our opposition in the limitation of being one of us. Okay? <laughs> it's all good. Okay? The word by which everything was made that was made, the word by whom everything was made that we see, he could have written volumes and volumes and volumes about himself to tell us who he is. But instead, the word chose to wrap himself in flesh and come and live among us. He didn't just tell us who he is. He wanted to show us who he is. The author entered the story. Why? 
Not so that he could pay the price for our sin, yes, but he could have done that in one day. But he chose to come as a baby, to grow up like one of us, to face opposition as one of us, to experience the weakness like one of us, to operate in our limitations as one of us. And he did that because he has always desired to be with us. Okay, his very name, Emmanuel, announces his desire to be with us. Okay, you guys okay so far? But he didn't just come so that we could know him. He also, he also came so that he could better know us. Okay, so that he could know the one thing that God could never know. And that is how, what the experience is of living in the human limitations in a world that's still bound in the curse of sin. Okay? Does that make sense? So that he could say, I am with you. And it not just be a fact, but a shared experience. Okay? Do you see the difference between his presence and being with us. It's so, not just so that it could be the fact, but so it could be a shared experience, a relationship, a partnership, a friendship, and not so, th- and so that he could not just be our deliverer, but our comforter. Okay? You guys okay so far? The greatest gift that we've ever been given is God with us. Okay? You guys okay? Not because he's here. He was everywhere before he was born. Not just so that he could be here, but so that he could be with us. Not just as God, but as man also. Okay? You guys okay so far? All right? Does that make sense? Do you see the miracle of that moment? So this very significant and history-changing moment happened on the earth and almost no one knew. This was even a moment that they had longed for and prayed for and watched for, and it was here and no one knew. God had to send an, an angel from heaven to come and make an announcement, and he had to send the host of heavens to come and sing praise because there was no praise rising up from the earth. The presence of God had been missing from the earth for almost 600 years. And he returned more glorious than ever before, and no one saw him. This was the greatest miracle that God ever accomplished, and, and no one, it went unnoticed on the earth. Okay? Are you guys okay so far? So even today, like all these years later, we celebrate his birth and we celebrate him as Savior. And we even somewhat know the glory of that moment that happened a long time ago. But how often do we miss his glory in the moment that we're in? How often do we miss out on the, the greatest gift of his presence with us? that we have access to? How do we see like heaven sees so that we can see his glory in a moment that the whole rest of the world is unaware of? 
That's what I want to talk about today, seeing his glory. Okay? You guys okay? <laughs> All right. So first, if we're going to see his glory, we have to recognize and see the worth of people. All right? The, the people of Israel were waiting on, on a deliverer to rescue them. Okay? And there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with that. Jesus did come to Israel first. He came to rescue Israel. However, that was only the beginning of the glory that he was bringing. Okay? Are you guys okay so far? So the angel's announcement said, this is good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Another reason that this is the greatest gift ever is not just because of his desire to be with us, but because that desire to be with us applies to all people. Okay? This is a free gift that belongs to all people everywhere, to the worst offender, to the darkest places, to the poor and the rich alike, to the common and the intelligent. It belongs to all nations and every language. One nation can't claim it. One religion can't control it. One power can't restrain it. One person can't hold it hostage until we can buy it. It is free for everyone everywhere. It is mine. It is yours. It is theirs. It is to all people for all time at any moment throughout time without objection, without excuse, without exception, and without apology. It is the most extravagant and scandalous gift in all eternity. And it puts to shame every counterfeit that ever tries to take his place when we receive him. Are y'all awake? (laughs) The problem with just seeing him as, as, as my deliverer, which we absolutely should do. But if we don't see the worth of all people, then we will allow tiny little prejudices and offenses to come and limit how we can see his glory. Okay? We will think that he must come this way. This miracle must happen this way. And then he's doing something over here that's so much bigger than we know and so much more glorious than we know. And we are over here unaware because we're looking for just something that we want and we need. Okay, does that make sense? He absolutely came for all of us. He absolutely came for me. He personally came for you, but he just as personally came to the person next to you and the person who's offended you and the person who's different than you and the person who's rejected you and the person who struggles with things that we don't struggle with. And when we recognize the glory and the magnitude of this moment that he desired to come and be with us, not just so that he could be here, but so that he could know us and walk with us and be with us and know us, then then we know the worth that he has for us and the worth that he has for all of humanity. And then we can start to see the magnitude of his glory. 
All right? You guys okay? That was number one. Seeing the worth of all people. Number two, see the value of seed. That night, Jesus was born as a baby, and perhaps it went unnoticed by most of the world because they were looking for something bigger or something more dramatic. And in their minds, you know, Jesus had to grow up and he had to be a king before it could even affect their lives with what they were looking for, okay? Even the shepherds, like the shepherds were there, they heard the angel, they saw his birth, they saw the moment, but we never see them again. By the time Jesus enters his ministry, when he dies on the cross, they're not around. Perhaps they lost interest because in their minds it had been so long since something happened. Because we don't necessarily know the value of a seed and seeing the glory of a seed and walking with it and tending to it and stewarding it until we see it produce fruit. Okay? We're always looking for the end result. And we take our eyes off of the journey. Okay? Because he desires to be with us. Okay? Does that make sense? Even when Jesus went to the cross, he called that another seed moment. In John chapter 12, he said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it will produce many seeds. And then he went on to say, like, now my heart is troubled, but what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this hour that I came into this world. So, Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. That's multiplication. Okay? There's always a relationship between seed and glory. Seed and glory. There's always glory in a seed. But we don't always see the glory because we don't know the value of the seed. Okay, but if we steward the seed, if we recognize the seed and we steward the seed, glory will always follow the seed. Okay, you guys okay? (laughs) So Jesus's birth was both the fulfillment of a promise and still a seed of a promise still to come. Okay, God almost always um, works with seeds. He can give us bread but he most often will give a seed. So every time that he speaks a word, it's a seed. And then we might steward the word until we see the manifestation of it. But we see the manifestation of the word and we're like, oh, that's bread, thank you. And we don't see that it might be another seed. And so we just enjoy the moment instead of learning how to steward that to greater glory. Everything God does is like seed, and then that seed produces more seeds, and it produces more seeds, and it produces more seeds, and every time we recognize the seed, there's glory at the other end. Okay? Does that make sense? Are you guys okay? As much as we think we know what we need or want, what he wants for us is greater. 
Israel thought they knew what they wanted and to deliver. They thought they knew what, the, what being, his being with us meant. They thought they knew what it was to carry the favor of the Lord, but they had no idea. See, they had been waiting for his presence to come back and to enter the temple where it would be housed behind the Holy of Holies, distant from the people where they couldn't see it or touch it. And then Jesus came as the temple so that he could walk among the people and go to the people. And as John said in John, 1 John chapter 1, we saw him with our eyes and we touched him with our hands. That's so much bigger than they could ever conceive or wrap their mind around. Okay? Does that make sense? They were, um, they were expecting a deliverer. But he said, I don't want to just come deliver you. I want to be with you. I want to face opposition with you as one of you. And I'm not just going to rescue you. I'm going to empower you to be an overcomer. What he wants is greater than what we can imagine, but we have to recognize the value and the glory in a seed. Okay? Does that make sense? If we don't, we're going to miss the glory that he's doing because we're looking over here instead of fixing our eyes on the seed and on him as, as the giver of the seed. Okay? When we, uh, when we see the value of seeing the glory in a seed, lives in the expectation that there is always more. Okay? There is always more. There is always more than my mind can conceive. And when we see that value in the seed, we will celebrate more because we see what we hold in our hands. We see not just a seed, but the limitless possibilities of what God is going to do and the glory that's going to come. And then we don't have to have heaven come and celebrate for us because we missed it. <laughs> okay? All right, does that make sense? All right. So shortly after Jesus was born, he was taken to the temple in Jerusalem to be consecrated to the Lord. And this was another glorious moment. The glory of the Lord was returning to the temple. Like, this had been the moment that they were waiting for, and again, no one realized what was happening. There was no angelic announcement this time. It's just a baby coming into a temple, and the priests were unaware of it, and the elders were unaware of it, and the religious leaders were unaware of it, and everyone was aware of it except for two old people. Okay? So let's read what happened. It's still, we're still in Luke chapter 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus in to do for him what was what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, 
you can now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Then jump down to verse 36. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She had never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, and coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. <laughs> These two people were not priests, were not religious leaders, didn't hold a position. They were two ordinary people, and they were aware of something that everyone else was unaware of. Because what qualified them to see this moment is that they lived in the presence of God. Simeon lived by the Spirit. He listened to the Spirit. He followed the Spirit. He, he, um, he lived by the Spirit. It says Anna never left the temple. She just worshiped night and day. It said she was the daughter of Penuel. That means before the face of God, meaning she had this reputation that she just lived before the face of God. And when we live in his presence, then we recognize him when he's moving in any moment that we're in. Okay, does that make sense? You know, sometimes we can't see his glory because we just live from event to event, from miracle to miracle, from bread to bread. So, like, oh, thank you, God, for this. Like, okay, this is the next thing I need. So let me, like, wait for that to come. And then, like, oh, God, thank you, that's here, like, or that's not here. And then we just live from event to event. What are you doing? What are you going to do? Miracle to miracle, this is what I need, this is a fulfillment. This is what I need, this is a fulfillment. And that is how we live. And so we miss the moments when God is doing amazing breakthrough things. And we don't see it because our eyes are on the next event instead of on the moment that we're in. So if we're going to see his glory, then we have to learn to live from moment to moment instead of event to event. He is, I am, and I am is with us. Not just because he's here, but because he chose to be with us, one of us, as us, to overcome so that we could share in his glory. All right, you guys can stand up. I want you to just uh, take take a few moments. We're just going to just no music for a minute. I just want you to just take a few moments and just refix your eyes on the fact that he's with us. And not just because he's here, but because he wanted to know us, to walk with us to be with us, 
to know what it's like to face what you're facing with the limitations that you have. Not only so he could empower you, but so that he could comfort you. And then I want you to just take a moment and ask him to to show you some of the seeds that he's put in your hand and the value of what he's given you. Because a lot of times we take our eyes off of the value of what we hold in our hands because we're looking out to some end result. And the thing that we need to get to the end result is already with us. And so we don't, we don't see how to get there because we don't know the value of seed and how to recognize the glory in the seed. And then I just want you to take some time to be grateful that there's no place you've been and there's nothing you've done and there's nothing in your family and there's nothing inside you that disqualifies you from the free and eternal gift of his coming to be with you. And I just, I know like, I know a lot of times like people come up here to just come to the Lord. And I think, I think that that's good. And I think there's value in that. But today I want you to give him permission to come to you and to come where you are and to let him come and be with you right in your moment where you are in this time, in this space, in, in let him come and enter your moments and be with you. Thank you. That you didn't just come to be here. You came to be with us.